This podcast is brought to you by Link. If you're learning English and want to study the transcript of this episode or any of the other episodes in the podcast, there's a link to the lesson on Link, L-I-N-G-Q, in the description. Link is a tool that allows you to turn anything in your target language into a lesson. So YouTube videos, Netflix shows and movies, blog posts, whatever it is that you're into. Welcome everyone to the English Link podcast with me, Elle, and today I have a very special guest, internet polyglot, Luca Lampariello. Luca, how are you? Hi, Elizabeth. Um, good. What about you? Excellent. I'm good. I'm good. I'm well. Thank you. So the first question I want to ask, actually before I ask it, uh, anyone, any viewers or listeners who don't know of Luca, uh, you are a internet polyglot and language coach. You run the website uh, lucalampariello.com and mm -hmm. also the fantastic and helpful YouTube channel also called Luca Lampariello. So I want to ask you the question I'm sure most people want to ask you when they meet you and discover that you are a polyglot, uh, how many languages do you speak and what are they? <laughs> well, this is always a tricky question. I always reply that I've been learning 14 languages, mine included, and those are Italian, which is my mother tongue, um, English, French, let's see if I remember them in the correct order, uh, Spanish, uh, German, Dutch, Russian, Swedish, um, Portuguese, Chinese, uh, Hungarian, Greek, and uh, Polish. I already said Russian, I think, and Danish. Now I'm learning Danish. Should be 14 if I haven't forgotten any. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm, it never ceases to amaze me when I meet someone like you who speaks multiple languages, not just three, four, but 14 is incredible. Well, and let, I let, heard. Mm -hmm. well, let's say that speaking, it, it, it depends on the definition of speaking. Well, I would say that I, by speaking, I mean I can you know, communicate, I can get by sometimes at a high level, sometimes I can mm -hmm. get by and let's say functional, but the, the, the term speaking is always a little bit vague, so you have to define mm -hmm. that a little bit more in detail. But let's say that I've been learning, you know, for the sake of simplicity and brevity, let's say that I've been learning 14 languages. 14. Amazing. And I heard Hungarian in there. I heard that that's the one of the most difficult languages to learn. Can you confirm or deny? <laughs> it's a tough nut to crack. I wouldn't go so far as to say mm. that it's the most difficult language. I would say that it's very different than anything you've ever mm. learned before. So that, that in and of itself poses some difficulties. But I would say that it's refreshingly simple for certain things and it's, it's a challenge uh, for others. So I would say, I always say that no matter how difficult the language is, if you want to learn it, you'll go for it. There's no language that is impossible mm. to learn if you want to learn it. I know it sounds trivial, but that's actually how it is, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what sparked this passion for language learning for you? I think my first for knowledge, and I have to thank my grandmother and my family in general for that, because they always have um, motivated me to learn my, uh, my house, uh, the house of my parents, and this house uh, where I live right now has always, has always been full of books. And I've always growing up seen my parents and my grandparents talking about culture, reading books. I remember my grandfather was very passionate about mathematics. He was a scholar. He was a mathematician. And uh, there were hundreds and hundreds of books in all languages. And I think this environment have made, you know, my father, my grandfather, my family, they've always made an impression of me. 
And I remember one fateful, fateful moment that was um, when I was around uh, 10 or 11. I had to start middle school and I remember this summer where we were in the garden and my grandmother was sitting there and she told me, hey, uh, Luca, come here, I'll, I'll, I wanna show you something. And she showed me a Latin book and French uh, and mathematics or these, the three things that we worked on. She said, hey, do you wanna give it a try? And I remember I hadn't even started school, middle school yet, but um, we just uh, started delving into mathematics and French and I, my grandmother was really passionate about this. You know, She could have just, um, been sitting there enjoying the summer instead she wanted me to learn mm. and I remembered that I immediately took a liking to uh, you know French Latin especially French and Latin but also mathematics and this uh, this uh, thirst for knowledge this intellectual curiosity that my parents fostered in me and then you know it, it just sparked something that always stayed there so I always wake up in the morning saying this is a good day to learn something new and i think that languages are a part of that it's not just languages you know i have a degree in electronic engineering and i'm extremely passionate about history philosophy astronomy so it's not just languages but i think that the this intellectual curiosity has caused me to explore you know as many domains as possible and language learning is one of them so what makes me tick is the fact that in particular when it comes to language learning is the fact that it might sound trivial, but the truth is that every language you learn not only makes you rich, but also gives you concrete uh, possibilities in life. It uh, allows you to connect with the world. Just one language, going back to what you were saying before, Hungarian, my uncle who lives here, not, not far, he just, uh, when I told him that I wanted to learn Hungarian, he just looked at me and said, why? Why would you learn Hungarian? Nobody speaks Hungarian. I say, 10 million people speak <laughs> Hungarian. They all live in Hungary. And that's a place I go to quite often. And even if it were just two people in the world, if I could speak uh, Hungarian or any other exotic or you know forgotten language with one person, that would make a difference to me. Uh, Lom Kat or Katolom, this Hungarian polyglot, amazing Hungarian mm -hmm. polyglot, used to say that language learning is something worth learning even uh, a little bit, even a couple of words, even, even a couple of expressions said in certain circumstances can put a smile into a, a stranger's uh, you know face. And so, uh, as far as I'm, I'm passionate about everything, everything makes me tick. Um, but in particular, language learning has very concrete, uh, you know, consequences. You can do so much, and my life has changed in so many ways that I cannot even start to, you know, you, you can't even fathom the ways in which language learning can change you, change your outside and your inside. So amazing! I love that attitude. Waking up and just being excited for what the day brings, what you can learn and discover. That's it's a great attitude to have for sure. You, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing um, that I, when I say that I wake up at five o'clock or six o'clock in the morning, most of my friends go like, what? Are you, do you wake up at five o'clock in the morning? And I say, do you know why I wake up at four, five o'clock? Not four o'clock, four o'clock is too early. It's because I want to learn. That's what makes me, t that's what makes me uh, stand up. That's what makes me, you know, open my eyes and say, this is a new day to learn. Literally, uh, what makes me stand up and, and start my day is the, the fact that I always tell myself, this is a good day to learn, you know? Amazing. And you are now, you share this passion uh, with others in your, in your coaching. So you are a language coach. And I wonder if you have a, uh, is there a kind of guiding coaching philosophy that you have? What do you emphasize when helping people learn a new, a new language? 
I think that the most important thing nowadays that people lack is actually learning how to learn. So I'm very passionate about, you know, in general, learning how to learn, how the brain works, neuroscience and everything. And I think that's particularly important now, because if you think about it, nowadays we have all the information we want just one click away. There's a YouTuber that says that, says that if all we needed was more information, we would be all billionaires with a six pack. That's not what we need. So it's not, you know, it's information is not what we need. We have information overload. We have even too much. But what people lack is actually how to actually make it happen. Uh, some 30 years ago, you know, I, I can even imagine the, the resources with the possibilities that we have nowadays. So remember that I was learning Dutch some 25 years ago now. I don't remember. It's 1999. And I could only find a couple of books and I did not use the internet at that time. And those books looked so precious. Right now we have all, all possible resources. The problem still is that a lot of people come to me, they go to my website or they see my channel and the um, endearing, the wonderful messages that I got like, Luca, I've learned so much. I didn't know this. I didn't know, I, I didn't know how to use YouTube to learn languages or stuff that are, are evident for me because I've been, I've been doing this for years, but they're not evident for a lot of people that have the resources, but they, ha they have the tools, but they still do not know the craft how to use those tools to learn more effectively. And if there's a philosophy to language coaching is this, you cannot teach a language, but you can train people to use uh, their brain to the best of their possibilities to learn a bunch of languages. And the other important thing is to believe in themselves. If you've never learned a language to fluence, and this is something that I've learned in my experience, People do not believe. You start learning for real when you start believing that you can do it. It's like being um, on a quest, being on the peak of a mountain. If you've never done it before, if you've never learned, I don't know, to play the guitar or if you've never experienced something, you still don't believe that you can do it. So on the one hand, I work on the psychological uh, factors or the psychological let's say circumstances and biases and uh, beliefs that people have towards learning and towards themselves. And the second thing is I provide the infrastructure within which they're gonna operate, that is the methods. And the third thing is that these methods are unique to each person. So I do not give a one size fits all, fits all method and I adapt it as a single learner. And this coaching sessions that I've been doing for I think uh, 11 years, I'm very proud of those. I've been um, I've been helping hundreds of people from all walks of life, and uh, all of them walk away uh, very satisfied because not because I I always say it's not me. Look, they thank me, oh, Luca. Thank you so much. You changed my life. It's like you wanted to change your life, and you have done it. You just seeked help, some guidance, and then you walked the the, the talk and walked the path. That's what at the end of the day counts. I'm just a a guidance who helps you you know, achieving the goals that are there, that are achievable. It's just, you have to believe it and, you know, walk the talk or walk the path. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And, you know, something that I always, I always want to ask, I, I, I've asked Steve this question before. And of course you and Steve go way back. I was actually looking at his channel and the, the first time that I can see that you spoke with Steve was nine years ago. So you guys go way back. Anyway, um, what I am fascinated by as someone who knows some Japanese and is now learning French is how you don't get the languages mixed up. Like I, I'm studying French and I uh, keep coming up with, China, uh, with the Japanese, even though I'm not fluent in Japanese. And I am amazed at that. It, it just keeps happening. I feel like there's some special, you have a switch. 
and I know you did a, a fantastic interview with uh, Lindy Buttis on this, and she's coming on the podcast, actually. I'm speaking with her tomorrow. So how do you keep your languages separate? How do you not get mixed up? It's an interesting question. Um, the thing is that uh, our capacities, our language competence changes uh, constantly changes depending on the circumstances, depending on the use of the languages that we make. But um, you've noticed, you said it yourself, that for example, if you're learning French and you've been learning Japanese, then when you try to learn to speak French, then Japanese comes to the fore, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And this is because in the, in the brain, we have mainly two mechanisms. One is of storage. So we put stuff into our um, long-term memory and it stays there. And then we have the mechanism of retrieval, which is based, predicated, predicated upon the mechanism of, which is called survival of the busiest. In other words, the brain is good. When you, when you do something repeatedly, you're telling your brain that that is important and you're reinforcing, let's say the, the neural network or the, you know, the neural bonds. And when you're using it less, you're telling your brain that, that maybe that language or that thing you're doing less is less important. So it is in the background. So um, this is the case, for example, of people learning a language like Italian, and then they move to Spain. So they learn the language to fluency. Then they go to another country, uh, be it Spain, France, Germany, and then they start speaking the other language. And then when they try to speak Italian, then just the new language that they've been using comes to the fore. You know, And this is because um, because there is some sort of imbalance between the languages that you use. So the solution, or if there is a solution, is to use these languages on a weekly basis. I wouldn't go so far as to say that you have to use all your languages on a daily basis because this is not realistic for most people. People have stuff to do. You know, they're not uh, all language nerds who just hit the books or just spend all their time <laughs> learning languages. Um, so it, in my case, and I'll tell you in a second what I do, but in general, uh, you know, if I have to give a piece of, a, of advice, a realistic piece of advice, let's say, I think that it's important to have some sort of plan where if you have two or three languages, you make sure that you find time to do both of them. For example, in your case, if you're learning, say, French right now, it's important for you to dedicate 10, 20, 30 minutes, depending on the amount of time you have uh, to, you know, to French. But also, you should make sure that you do some Japanese in the background so that you're telling your brain both Japanese and French are important because um, if you do not do that, um, you know, there's a possibility of, of mixing languages. And this is even, uh, this problem is even worse if the languages are similar. But as you've seen, Japanese and French are completely different and you still make, it's not, I wouldn't go so far as to say that you're mixing them up. It's just that you have to imagine that you have like in your head, uh, like a highway and you have two cars and they're conflicting. They're getting both into the, this neural circuitry. And in order to, let's say, have, have two different highways, you have to use both of them in different circumstances. So I always say, okay. uh, I always give this piece of advice to people who ask me, how can I avoid mixing languages? Um, I would say you have to pay attention to the timing, how you learn languages. You know, uh, if you learn two at the same time that are very similar, you're going to mix them up. If you learn one well, and then you learn the other one a little bit later, uh, it, it, you can leverage the knowledge that you have in, in one language. Uh, but the timing is really important. And then I would say try to use both of them or whatever. If you have two, three languages, try to use them. 
Um, at the same time, every day, I'll beat a little bit for each one mm -hmm. uh, because otherwise your brain is just going to decide that one is more important than the other and it's going to take over, so to speak. And one language is going to take over to the detriment of the other. So in my case, just to answer very quickly uh, to how I do things, I have designed a life that it, it, I would, you know, people might think you're a language nerd, uh, you're a language buff, so all you do is language learning. I live a completely normal life through my languages. It's just that I uh, do not, I, uh, I, I learn foreign languages to live a better life. I don't live a I don't live to learn languages, which is a very important distinction. So I've designed a life that revolves around languages and I use eight languages on a weekly basis for a number of reasons. And for example, when I give coaching lessons, I have Russian clients who are learning French, French clients who are learning Russian, uh, German clients who are learning Spanish, Spanish clients who are learning German, Italians who are learning German. So I get the possibility of speaking all these languages, you know, of speaking in the language, explaining grammar in another language. So this in and of itself allows me to use uh, six, seven, eight languages. I have a team that supports me and I work with and we speak Italian, Spanish, English. Uh, I speak languages at home. Uh, so I, I go out with my friends. So on a, let's say that there are, there's a, a core of eight languages that I use on a weekly basis. And then the other languages, I speak them a little bit less, but you know, uh, something's got to give as they say, it's yeah. impossible to, to keep up with wow. 14 languages. For sure. So there could potentially be a day in your week where in one day you would speak six to eight languages. Let's say that it, it, it ranges from a minimum of four to a maximum of 10. Normally in the last, wow. I would say in the last two or three years, it's between four and 10, but never more than 10. I don't think I've ever spoken more than 10 languages in the last two years. Oh my goodness. Wow. That is amazing. Uh, are you actively learning a language right now? Are you maintaining, well, I guess in your work, like you just said, you, you are maintaining, but are you kind of going after a language right now? To me, there's a big difference between system one, I call it system one and system two. System one is the set of languages that in which I've learned, uh, let's say I've reached a level which allows me to, I've formed a core. And once you form a core, I would say, let the, for you know, for the use of, uh, for the sake of brevity and simplicity, uh, I would say that um, the core is when I reach a B two, let's say. Okay. Uh, but um, I have, let's say, f eight of them that are in this system, system one, and then I have uh, three that I'm actively pursuing, and they are Hungarian, Danish. Uh, and Greek. So every day I try to learn three languages at the same time, although it's it's a little bit difficult, but uh, that's what I am actively pursuing. These are the three languages. And then you have the other languages in which I, I just live them, I just use them in multiple ways. And I in this way I maintain and I even improve them. But these are two separate systems, you know? Okay, wow. So Hungarian, sorry, Hungarian, Danish, and the other language. And Greek, and Greek, Greek. So Greek I Hungarian, Danish. Yeah very different languages and you study those. Indeed, but the, the, the way I do things, the way the stage they find themselves um, in, these languages define the way I learn them. So actively pursuing okay. them means to sit down and to do some, what I call deliberate practice in order to learn, while the other ones I can just use them, simple practice. Well, deliberate practice is something that requires intention and attention, to sit down and with the specific aim of learning, saving words, practicing with a, ta with a tandem or a tutor, which is a right. slightly different way and do, of doing things than just maintaining languages. 
Wow. Um, now I know, obviously, with the pandemic, projects, events are a little strange and different uh, this year. But uh, is there anything in the works for you, Luca, uh, for the rest of 2021? Any any uh, interesting projects? Yes, indeed. I'm working on a course, so I'm working on producing the my the first course on you know language learning. I won't tell you what this is about, but it's a it's a cool course. And then I will the next one is working on the book I've been talking about for the last ten years, and it's about time for me to get it out. And then let's see. I've just figured out I need to do one thing at a time, and I think these are the two biggest projects for this year. And then let's see what twenty twenty two brings will bring. Amazing. Wow. Well, that is exciting. A book. Wow. It is. Um, it is. Well, thank you so much, Luca, for joining us today. I know that our viewers, listeners will have, will just find it very, very interesting. And um, maybe we can chat again one day for the podcast. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Bye. Bye-bye. Ciao.